0: what's up everyone welcome to the roadmap benzinga's nft show we got a great one for you today i know there's a ton of people in the chat right now asking when 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 the time is now we are here it's time for the roadmap we'll be joined by joe and dom from the overlord team coming back on the show once again so don't go anywhere this is the roadmap (laughs) all right everyone as i said this is the roadmap benzinga's nft show we got a great one for you today and for more on today's episode time to bring on my co-host and producer Alyssa. Alyssa, what is happening uh i mean i see the chat already uh, popping off today I, I i am i am excited
1: yeah, I'm just going to keep spamming these, the entire interview. <laughs> keep adding them to the do.
0: screen. Yeah, all those candles, all those wins, win roadmap. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said in that intro, it's it's now, guys. You don't have to wait anymore. The, the time is now. Alyssa, we've done a lot of interviews here on the roadmap since we started last year. And they're always fun. And there's also always, you know, memorable shows. And I remember having the at the time, the Creeps team on uh, mm-hmm. to talk about their NFT project. And it was so much fun. We had a great time with the chat. We had a great time checking out the the Discord. A lot of fun engagement from the community. So I'm so excited to have the team back on. And it looks like the chat is also ready to hear more from the team. So what do you think, Alyssa? Is it time to bring the guys on? Yes. Give the people what they want. Give the people what they want. You. <laughs> your spot on Alyssa. all right everyone will join me in welcoming back to the roadmap we have joe and dom welcome back guys how are we doing today
1: great great to be here thanks for having us
2: hey guys so, hey, I'm so excited to be here i mean this like the energy last time was amazing the energy today feels palpable the comments are crazy as ever so yeah excited to be back and excited to chat
0: yeah the the chat is i mean just going crazy already Uh, just like they were last time. So, so excited to get into the conversation today. And I think what better question to kick off with than to talk about this uh, rebranding that happened, right? Last time you guys were on, we were talking about Creeps and you now have rebranded to Overlord, but still have the Creeps element of it. So talk a little bit about this rebrand and why it's so important. Yeah, you know, I
1: think as you grow a brand, you learn your ambitions for it and where you want to take it and how you strategically have to do that. You know, Creeps launched and the way we see Creeps is our Spider-Man. And we needed to build our Marvel so that we could build, you know, complex narratives and storylines and and release new characters and different games and shows and whatever was required within that. Um, You know, Overlord is that Marvel um, and it sort of gave us that positioning to start growing into mainstream. You know, what's really important to us is how do we how do we connect the the on chain elements to you know mainstream um, verticals that you know get tens of millions of different fans or um, or users in whatever medium they they want to use.
0: Awesome, Joe. Anything to to add on the rebranding here to Overlord?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's
2: a really significant point for us as a as a brand. You know. I think if you take a step back and you kind of look at the journey that we've been through and that a lot of brands have gone through, you know, you, we ultimately launched a startup and, you know, we've launched a startup as a public company. And from the get go, we were criticized like a public company or, you know, praised like a public company yet we were expected to find product market fit in the same way that a startup has found it. And, you know, Dom and I have run businesses before in, in our past lives and, you know, it's typically taken longer than a year to find product market fit and, you know, getting to this point as anyone who's grown a business or anyone who's done something which, you know, ultimately need to validate, you know, which isn't, you know, guaranteed from the get go, you understand how difficult that journey is. And the, the process for us of getting, starting from creeps and scaling into overlord ultimately is that point of product market fit, which is okay. The creeps brand and the ecosystem makes sense. How do we scale that to, you know, 100x, 1,000x the size of where we are currently and what are the vehicle that we need to get there? So, you know, as Dom was saying, which is a really great way to look at it, like Marvel Universe is is akin to Overlord. You know, we have the creeps mm-hmm. as you have Spider-Man. And then as we scale, you have all these different characters and storylines which which are created under this universe in a really creative, fun way. And I think this is the thing that, you know, Dom and I get most excited about is like, you know, who who are the new character sets that are coming out of the Overlord universe and how do they interact with the creeps and, you know, what is the political and economic, you know, challenges they're going to have together and, and what does that story arc look like? So it's a really fun, playful position to be in because not to, you know, say we have a Messiah complex, but you almost kind of get to play God where, You've got this overarching ecosystem and all these stories and characters underneath and really the kind of potential is limitless which is so exciting from a storytelling perspective and then from a brand and business perspective we have so much potential now and partners are seeing that you know potential investors are seeing that you know the community is seeing that and the broader web 3 space is seeing that and i think that's a very exciting place to be 12 months in
0: Awesome. I can't help but smile because uh off to the side here, I'm reading the chat, and these comments are amazing, you guys. Keep them coming. We want to stay engaged throughout today's show. Uh, guys, you know, so speaking of creeps, right? Uh I've gotta ask, you know, creeps is kind of that genesis, right? How does that tie in now to Overlord? Uh, what do creeps holders have to look forward to? you know, as you evolve out the Overlord rebrand now?
1: Yeah, you know, Creeps are are kind of Genesis Pokemon cards. You know, they're your shiny Charizard, your Pokemon. You know, they're the center of the brand moving forward, they're the center of the storylines and the universes that rolls out. Um, and, you know, their their value is sort of threefold. You know, first is IP. As the brand gets bigger and it becomes a hit on netflix or a, a big game on, on whatever platform and so on and so on you know the the, the value of these assets will, will go up um the second is co-creators you know we're really positioning these genesis holders as co-creators and co-owners of the brand you know ugc is very important um moving forward um it's how a lot of games we developed, how a lot of these verticals we developed out and um you know these super users, these creeps, these Genesis holders will be, you know, exclusively a part of that, um, that building process. Um, and, you know, the the third is, you know, I guess utilities, you call it. You know, these, all these creeps will have, you know, special use cases within each of these verticals that appear in them in certain ways. Um, you know, the verticals are being built out so that the, you know, the games or the or the shows are, you know, pivotal around these characters and around these storylines. Um, so they're really central to, to everything. Having said that, you know, as Joe mentioned, you know, new characters will come out, new storylines, new narrative, new political and economical tensions. But these guys will always be at the center of it and they will be your most important assets.
0: Love it. So, you know, I, I gotta shout out you guys for a minute because I saw a post that you hit your one-year anniversary um in December. So, you know, we see some projects come and go and you guys are here, you're building for the future. What are some of the items though that have contributed to the current and past success of Creeps and Overlord uh, both together?
2: Amazing question. You know, I think from the day one, and and ultimately this goes back to why we started in this space is because we wanted to build with a community. You know, we came from Web2 where, you know, almost the like, um, the the mecca is can you build something that people want or can you build with your community? You know, people try in very different ways. We saw this as like native to Web3. We saw that tokenization gives the ability to find mutual incentive models with your community from the get-go. And you know, you can actually reward contribution in a really fair way. And, you know, taking that principle from the get-go as a foundation and saying, okay, as we come into this phase we can't pretend to be experts. We need to learn from our community because ultimately the community at scale are the ones who know what the product needs to become. And it really, you know, taking that pr- like principle is, is like actually more difficult than you'd imagine because, you know, I can pretend to listen to what you say and I can go off and do my own thing. That doesn't mean I care about my community. What we've done from the get-go is been very, very transparent, very malleable, and ultimately just played the role of creating frameworks for our community to create within. And I think this has been a real significant shift in, I guess, how we operated previously and how we see, you know, success coming in a Web3 context is actually, you know, you're creating a network of people, a network of contributors, a network of participants, and you need to create a space for that to succeed or for that to, you know, actually work. You need to allow people to contribute. You need to be able to take that contribution. You be able to, be able to use that contribution to shape your direction otherwise your model does breaks and you know it doesn't mean it's easy you know we've, we've definitely had times where we're like oh shit like this is really hard all this feedback is really difficult to know like a which is the right way to do it you know what's bias or not or you know sometimes actually it's quite um hurtful because you're like oh i spend a lot of time on this but majority of the time you know the input and value and contribution is just so valuable and you know, if you look back to the last 12 months, our, our process, our, where we are today compared to where we where we were in our thesis, you know, yes, we validated a lot, but we've fundamentally been wrong on a lot of things, and that's so important to be able to to, to be able to say because it means that we've been able to improve and grow, but we've been able to do that so quickly. And I talked about PMF earlier and getting that, to that in 12 months. We've been able to do that because we've come in from the ground zero and said, hey, we're going to do that as a, as a team of 5,000, not as a team of 10. And we're going to be open, transparent, we're going to be build ways for everyone to win together. And we're going to listen and learn as we scale this. And it's a it's a very easy thing to say, like, hey, we're a community first brand. It's a very difficult thing to go in and do it. And 12 months in, I can you know hand on heart say that you know we fundamentally are one big family at Overlord. We genuinely... Have such a strong connection with each other and everyone has a strong connection with themselves and with um sorry each other in the community as you can see from the passion and and you know virality that's created every time something overlord is is happening and that is you know that's culture I guess um so yeah I mean like for me it's 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 about coming in with the right principles and being able to use that and, and actually like be true be be like um, stick to your word and be able to like follow that process through. So, yeah, that's that's kind of like my 12 month um uh, you know review and hindsight. Yeah, that's, that's,
1: that's an extension of that. It's like also how do you feed that data and that relationship in with third-party you know, developers? Um, you know, I think when you're building a business, you've got to know what you're best at building and what you're not best suited to do. Um, and given that the ambitions of overlord is a you know, blow it up to mainstream and get you know hundreds of millions of fans. We need people who have done that journey before um, multiple times. So whether it's animated series, you know, being built out by Stuart Buddy Sears and and Seth Green or or the game, you know, unannounced yet, uh, or the merchandising, you know, built out by the of Levi's, etc. They've got decades of experience where they've done that zero to billion dollar journey multiple times. And what's been really great is typically in entertainment mediums, they will create um, in a vacuum and they will just chuck something at the wall and it will either be funny and amazing and be hit or not. And it's been really great learning from these third-party developers, but also feeding them with the community energy, the community feedback, uh, the storylines, the narratives they create, the the wacky worlds as they're living in their head and then discord, um, and then allowing them to sort of co-create mutually. Um, And I think, think, you know, it's the first time that um, a brand will be fully built in this way. Um, You've seen You've seen brands like, um, or not companies, uh, not brands, companies like uh, Hello Sunshine, um, you know, doing this a little bit on social. But, you know, when you have that co-ownership engine, um, it, it's going to be really wonderful. And, you know, the the parties we're working with absolutely love it. You know, they get starry eyes when they see the community. Um, we're chatting. You know, they're a crazy bunch. You can see them here, you know, talking absolute nonsense in the, in the comments <laughs> as usual. But, you know, it's great fun. <laughs>
0: Awesome. Well, we have so many different topics to talk about. I want to shift, you know, as we talk about the future to one that we talk a lot about on the show here. And that is gaming, right? We hear so much about Web3 gaming, blockchain gaming, kind of, you know, the evolution of that sector. If I go to both of your Twitter profiles, um, I see this phrase that says, you know, onboarding the next 100 million uh, users through blockchain gaming. So let's uh, start off you know, with the, the broad question there. Why blockchain gaming? Why such a big emphasis on that going forward?
1: Yeah, you know, it's a good question. And it, it goes back to the initial weekend that Joe and I sat down before we even thought of what Creeps was. And, you know, we've built the Web 2 for a decade plus in consumer. Um, we, you know, moving into blockchain, know we had to soul search and figure out you know what what do we think we're right to build and why would we want to build it um you know what we saw was that we're hitting an inflection point where over the next five years we thought hundreds of millions of people could come into space for consumer friendly consumer facing products um you know entertainment is a great bet on that and gaming is an even better bet um you know why is gaming a great bet you know i guess there's, there's two reasons why one is like mechanics you know the what the blockchain gives is us as a business, a fantastic business model that allows us to, you know, grow quickly, much faster than web two gaming companies. But secondly, it gives, you know, very clear benefits and perks to users. You know, they invest thousands of hours, thousands of dollars into games they love, um, and on-chain mechanics, give them a better relationship with that. Um, so that, so that's, that's very important. Um, and the second thing, um, really is, um, you know, Blockchain gives you composability and interoperability. Those words are kind of thrown around a lot. And you know, when we're looking at building out our gaming, we're looking at a gaming ecosystem rather than a single game. We're building an open. We're, we're starting with a permissioned ecosystem where we work collaboratively with gaming developers to build different cross-platform games. It could be a mobile game, it could be a PC game, it could be a PlayStation game. Moving forward, you know, we want it to become a decentralized brand where it's an open ecosystem. Anyone can build anything they want. Um, and that's where interoperability and composability become very interesting. You know, if a bunch of assets have been created for one game by a developer, another game developer can build a, bu- a game on top of those assets or metadata interoperability can happen or character interoperability between different formats. Um, now, that kind of, that kind of um, cohesion of ecosystem is very hard to build technically um, and economically in Web2, but in Web3, you can afford it and you can, you can do it very well.
0: Awesome. Love it. Yeah. There, there's a lot to talk about with uh, the gaming side here. Uh, you know, we, we hear so much about it, but you know, why do you think your approach that you guys are taking is going to win out, right? We're, we're going to see some games come and go. We're going to see some NFT projects come and go. Why is Overlord, you know, going to be so successful in the gaming space?
1: Yeah, I think we're doing two things that are unique. You know, if you look at gaming and blockchain to date, it's been very game-fi. You know, it's really leaning into D5 gaming rather than building games that are, you know, authentically fun and enjoyable to spend hours upon hours in. Um, You know, the key primary motivator or driver is to earn. Um, You know, earn is obviously an interesting facet and something you want to build into these mechanics, but it shouldn't be the primary driver. And it's not what's going to break into mainstream. Um, So... You know, IP is very important to do that. You know, whether it's IP that we've built already or it's IP being developed out by different vertical partners, by Seth Green, et cetera, you know, you create these immersive worlds that you want to spend hours and hours in every single day. Um, and, um, you know, the second thing is, I guess, is how we're thinking about this on a technical level. Um, you know, we think our definition, definition of success is to get it. one of our games to scale to tens of millions of users the blockchain should be invisible as a gamer who comes from web 2 you should play the game and make transactions within it but not not necessarily know that you're transacting on chain and so we're building some infrastructural pieces for that but also the on a game mechanic level on a, on a of game interface level um, we're developing it so that we can you know use esports teams or use game streamers or, or organic streamers to bring you know millions of gamers into these environments they play them they get hooked um, and they start benefiting from the on-chain mechanics. You know, there's a bunch of principles that we're building under, you know social first, free to play, um you know web to friendly, et cetera that we we give out to our development partners and we really strictly adhere adhere to. It, it sort of comes back into like how we build in general,
2: which is you know we're not game developers. we're We're also not you know animated series developers or fashion designers. you know we we come from a technology or product background and and a lot of what that is is like, thinking about the user first. It's thinking about, you know, if I was, you know, to to come across this game or this this show or this this fashion, what is the like what is the eleven star experience that I want to go through, which I'm gonna, you know, and the definition of eleven star is like that's the best fucking experience ever.
0: I'm sorry, I don't fucking swear here. Um,
2: the best experience. It. We're we're
0: like a PG thirteen show, right, you're me.
2: you're good. You can beat me out. Um, that's the best experience ever. I want to tell my friends. I want to come back again. You know, it, it, it's like the most optimum experience ever. And that comes down to like being having the most empathy for users. So everything we do and everything we build, we take it from that lens, which is like if there was no precedent beforehand, like let's ignore the fact there's been a couple of years of GameFi where you have to create a wallet, you know, understand how a DeFi pool works stake that coin to access an nft to play a game let's ignore all of that let's think about what is the most optimum experience to be able to get into any context to enjoy anything and that's how we approach building so like it we're taking it down um
0: you did you guys broke Alyssa with all these comments so it overloaded great 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 job chat
1: yeah you guys broke my computer
0: Um, Keep going, Joe. Sorry, invoices afterwards. Um,
2: Yeah, the so yeah, it it just comes back to our philosophy, which is like user first. Really thinking about you know what is optimum, what does scale look like, and it's it's typically not designing for what you see today. It's what you what we think that the future state looks like. Now we we miss at times, but majority of the time, you know, you win because you know it's almost like this space is so early that you've got to continue to innovate, and that innovation is what what. know continues to drive drive growth and and user adoption so yeah we're very excited about the future of how we're building products and games and and experiences and, and looking at it from a user lens
0: so you guys said you're not game developers yourselves which means you probably have to have some help here so uh uh i always try to get some alpha i always try to get some clues here uh the chat says that you guys will probably drop it so i mean i might as well try uh, any you know partnerships? Any partners in the gaming space? Any hires? Anything? Uh, maybe we should know about the future for Overlord.
2: I'm not going <laughs> to let <them> speak here. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> what what I would say is, um, I don't know. <laughs> you're going to get me on this one. Um, yeah, you know, we, we have got some, we've got some game development partners. Um, you know, they they are very impressive. You know their teams have you know generated billions of dollars of revenue in Web two gaming, um, and they want to replicate the same in Web three. You know they're they're going to build our headline title and a bunch of other you know studios are, are building a bunch of other titles which, you know hopefully will have just as so much success. Um, we're also sur- surrounded by some really impressive advisors. Um, Some advisors that I would be killed by our head of growth if I announce them now, but um, some names that I think will really, you know, impress people and, um, you know, they've been really pivotal to how we're sort of thinking about this, not just on a game development level, but how do you market them? How do you grow them out? How do you, how do you penetrate markets that you want to penetrate? Um, I don't think I managed to leak alpha there, but, um, but, but yeah.
0: (laughs) You gave us you gave us a little bit like, I mean, I saw someone in the chat say billions. Right. So we heard that they've done billions in revenue, you know, in games. So we at least got some some clues there. I don't want to get you guys in trouble, but we got to try. Uh, (laughs) Another question here, maybe with a little bit of alpha is when can we expect the next gaming reveal or some more details? Any timeline updates here?
2: Yeah, great question. You know, the full reveals coming in the coming weeks. So, including partners, these sacred advisors, and a whole bunch of other exciting things that are happening around gaming over the next couple of weeks. So, a lot is is to be revealed. We've been taking a um, really fun kind of story-driven approach to how we've rolled out the gaming campaign, which is, you know, showing, I guess, snippets of the world that has been created and and gameplay and, you know, um, how different characters look in different contexts, which for the first time, you know, going from a... 2D brand where your interaction with the, the IP and the stories was very, you know, two-dimensional to this kind of 3D context where you can almost feel the energy of the characters in these new worlds has been amazing to see. And I think it's just a sample of where we're heading as a, as a brand, as an ecosystem. We, we now have a full creative studio in-house and the creative studio are um, totally nuts when it comes to building things. You know whether it's building like 3D videos, 3D worlds, games, game um, game context. You know it, it's a it's a next evolution step as we we took on Overlord as the as the challenge and um, yeah, it's going to be a very fun next couple of weeks. Um, but it's been yeah, it's been a strategically um, designed process to to get, to take people through that context shift to to show people the new world. Yeah,
1: the one thing I would say is um, you know. The campaign's been rolling out for a few weeks now, and so if you go on our Twitter, for any you know people who haven't you know haven't seen our brand before, um, we've tweeted out these kind of narrative-driven stories. Some of the clips are cinematic, but actually a lot of the clips are using actual in-game footage. Um, you know, we're developing Unreal Engine Five, which I, I always find funny to say out loud because you know within the gaming industry it's just you know it's given. But, you know in in web 3 you know I guess we've gone back in a decade um but you know they are they' are developed using proper game engines and so you can you can get an idea of what the, you know at least one of the games will look like um within game footage from those clips
0: awesome and alyssa's back we broke her computer again great great job chat uh <laughs> alyssa sacrificed by the overlord that might be the comment of the day so far which is hard to pick one but uh how about that alyssa I was on mute too. I'm, yeah, I was sacrificed. I was sacrificed. I'm back. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) It happens to the best of us. (laughs) You're breaking my computer. All right. Well, we we did a little bit about gaming. We might have to circle back there, but I want to get to some of these other sectors. You know, uh, We've kind of heard some hints at the TV vertical, you know, a a series, a show, uh, maybe a movie, something. I did hear you guys mention Netflix. I don't know if that means you're working with them. You kind of use the phrasing of a Netflix-style show. Uh, Who can fill me in on the the progression here of the entertainment vertical?
1: Yeah, we're really excited about it because, you know... um... More than a game, it really brings the universe to life. You know, you've got talking, walking characters that crack jokes, and you know, you can empathise with them and see their stories. Um, you know, Seth Green is obviously developing out with his studio, uh, Stupid Buddy Studios. You know, for those of you who haven't um, you know heard of them, you know, they've they built up Robot Chicken, which is their sort of main headline thing, but you know, they've worked on Family Guy and um, you know, Marvel and Star Wars Mandalorian, and a bunch of other great stuff. Um, we actually just signed a new writer a few days ago, which we're really excited to announce, um, who has you know, worked on some of the, the top shows um, uh, uh, that you guys would have definitely watched in many, many hours. Um, that's an announcement coming out, so we're really excited about that. But um, what's really fun um, about it in terms of a, I guess, um, network perspective, you, know, you mentioned Netflix, is we have something quite unique, um, which these um, networks are looking for you know, they live and die by subscription numbers. um, And it's becoming in very competitive. Um, So they need to find ways to diversify revenue. The advantage of um, a Netflix show, for example, would be that if you mint a bunch of characters from the show itself, you know, the trading volumes of those characters and bits of IP within the show and the engagements that you can create through like gamified UGC can sometimes create more revenue than the actual show itself. Um, And they also, you know, scale and speed up the development of the show into something that's going to be a hit much faster you know these big studios have been trying to do this with data and for for many many years um but you know having this like live development with your community is exciting so that's what that's you know we've, we've got a sort of advantage um in in opportunity here um given we're the first brand to sign a sort of major production studio you know we can get through um the doors of these big networks and talk to them and and i guess get priority spots and how they want to develop and grow with us
0: dom i didn't catch that writer's name what did you say it was <laughs> ah, oh you started laughing i was like oh maybe i can, uh, maybe I can catch him off guard could
1: done, they could yeah. have done the community know i slip off for the whole time so
0: yeah it sounds like it so <laughs> you
1: see my face when that
2: when dom mentioned but i the, what i will say is you know the right the team that we've got on the animated series, and this is really just the first step in our media um, vertical, you know is the animation, are just insane. You know you are sitting with some of the funniest people in the world who've worked on the biggest TV shows in the world, and they're interpreting the characters in the universe that we're all a part of and co-owners in. and I you know I just it, there's almost a kind of um, a pinch me moment where you're you're having these conversations around something you you think is um so well defined and someone comes at it who's you know been working on say family guy or working with with you know marvel i'm trying to be very careful here of what i'm saying um and they're saying hey actually you you should interpret it in this way and actually this is a new perspective on you know the um the journey or the story or how these characters interact with each other and i just think the two worlds colliding on such a big stage where you have such a powerful brand in Web3 combining with some of the biggest, you know, um, and most well-respected studios and writers and platforms, I think we're going to create something very special here. And, and, you know, Dom and I are definitely the least funny people in any room uh, when we're (laughs) on conversations with them. So we're trusting in our
1: our amazing team to be able to deliver this. But yeah, we're creating something very special. It's it's, it's actually pretty mind-blowing, the level of talent um, these studios have you know it, the, the way I can liken it is like you know you run and you think you're fast and then Usain Bolt sprints next to you, you you know you feel like you're in his dust right and in these rooms the level of like the creative engines that they have in their brain is outrageous um, you know live on the spot they will move go into like five minute skits where they're like putting different character voices on and playing out different scenes and you're just you know, you're sitting back thinking what the hell are we doing it you know a year ago we were just sort of sitting in our bedroom trying to you know build these little lizards on the internet and you know a year later we're in a room with Seth Green and insert x person y person who are kind of like playing off each other it's it's, it's really cool I think what's what's even cooler about it is that we're going to allow the community to get into that room as well um you know never before have it has anyone everyone to get a room you know whether it's Simpsons or Rick and Morty get in a room with the writers and the producers and like Hear them talk live and collaborate with them. On what these shows look like, so we're really excited to bring the community along for that, um, and, and you know, give them a sense of like ownership in it and what's going to be developed.
0: I love all these connections to Seth Green and kind of talking his name. Uh, I had the privilege of listening to him speak at VCon last year, and he actually showed a trailer for uh, a show he was working on with his uh, famous board ape that uh, was, of course, stolen, and then uh, he got it back. Um, but this is a guy who, I mean, has really understood animated uh, film, animated series, and now he's using Web3. So, I mean, I love the fact that you guys, you know, are, are you know, talking to him. Uh, you know, you're working with a Stupid Buddy here. Uh, great experience in the space. So I just got to shout out him for a minute. Uh, a guy who totally, totally gets it right now in where Web3 is headed. Um let's talk a little bit, you know, you mentioned uh, kind of the Marvel uh, brand, right? So we hear a lot about, you know, the fandom of Marvel. So talk to us about how you're going to build that mass market fandom for Overlord and Creeps.
1: Yeah, great. Sorry, Joe, did you want to say it? No, no, no. He that's started
0: it. to, he started to. Yeah, he did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's, it's a great question. Um, and um, I think that's what's fascinating what's really exciting partners that we're working for um you know whether development partners or you know management and representatives you know 360 managers and 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 other people they're working with um is the speed at which you can create fandom when you have mutual incentives and co-ownership you know that's a large part of what blockchain is about. you know it's decentralized what does that mean it means that it's co-owned by a network of people um and, you know, if you watch a funny show on Netflix, for example, um, you laugh and, you know, you might tell your friend about it one day. Um, but if you own a part of that show or you've been a part of the creation of it, I bet you any lunch or dinner you sit down to, you're going to tell your friends about it. You can tell them to check it out and you're going to feel real like love and passion for it. Um, and, you know at a very like small scale native level, you can see this within NFTs right now, you know, the level of fandom for some of these brands is, is, is unrivaled, even to sort of the, the biggest brands that exist to date. And I think you scale that into mainstream contexts and, you know, you allow not just 5,000 holders to co-own it, you allow millions to co-own it and to integrate and to, and to get part of it. Um, you know, it, it's going to be pretty terrifying and exciting how quickly you can scale fandom in, in whatever vertical you want.
0: Oh, did you have anything to, to add there?
1: Yeah I, I just like
2: the significance of what's being created in web 3 and this model um, probably won't be understood until you know we're a couple of years down the line. I think this is ultimately why everyone's so excited from a broad entertainment space around what's happening in web 3 from an IP creation perspective you know traditionally you would create IP in a room in a back room somewhere, and you take a portfolio strategy, you create a bunch of stuff, you figure it out a wall, you'd see who funds it, you see who likes it, you may develop some concepts. And then ultimately it's kind of like, you know, luck as to which one works. In Web3, you know, from the get go, you are you are getting community buy-in and community participation in, in whatever IP you're creating. You know, we started off as creeps, you know, even before we had the overlords, we started talking to a community around what do you want to see from this brand? You know. Whether it's like the the catchphrases or the, the logo or the narratives or, you know, some of the core characters like the overlord were created in collaboration with the community. And I think just that fundamental shift from let's take a almost wasteful approach to IP creation where you're flicking stuff at a wall and seeing what works to let's take a very strategic collaborative approach means that you can build better stuff. You know, fundamentally, you know, if you build with people who want to buy your the, the IP and what, care about buying the IP and building it with you, you're going to build something better. You're going to build more efficiently. Therefore, you're not going to waste time um, playing around with things that don't work. And you're going to be able to scale a lot faster as well. And I think the significance of that model is just totally gonna disrupt the, that model's gonna totally disrupt the way IP is created and the significance of it, I don't think has been truly understood. So when you come, when it talks about like, how do you scale into the next Marvel, you do that at a ground level by building and replicating this process. You do it by working with the community of people who care about what IP is being used and being built. You then take that idea and you think, okay, this is a a character or a storyline or a brand that people have fundamentally co-built, they care about it. It's been validated. We can then take that to you know someone like a Netflix, and the process which they go through internally, they'll go, okay, this IP has been co-validated from from co-built from the get go. It's been validated with the community. It's got five thousand true fans already. It's had this amount of sales through it. We actually really care about using this IP in in a, in a um, broader media context. And I just you know. I think in our thesis here is that using this philosophy and being true to this philosophy, we can create better products, we can move faster, and actually we can be we can get to the size of Marvel, you know, 10X quicker, 100X quicker than they had previously. And I just think this superpower hasn't ever been possible for anyone beforehand. And with two years, we're, we're a year in, and look at where we are now. We're about to have a top TV show. We're building for a, you know, ecosystem of of games scaling to to scale to mainstream and a whole bunch of other products and and sort of fashion and and merchandise verticals which are to be unveiled and that starts by truly building something people care about so it's a very interesting journey and something that everyone's interested in because they're scared it's going to disrupt their their, their business models so um, it's very fun to be a part
0: of. Joe, I love everything you're saying here. I also love uh, seeing this Discord in the in the background. Uh, everyone asked Alyssa to, so to join, and uh, she she's there. So I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, to your point, uh, you know, building out this IP. So we just touched on, you know, uh, gaming. We touched on kind of the media. Is, is the goal here to kind of you know launch all this stuff, you know, simultaneously? Is it to kind of go, you know, game show game? Is it to just, you know, just launch everything as quick as possible? What's the strategy to kind of get the whole ecosystem online?
2: Amazing question. Yeah, look, you know, the the ultimate goal here is that you're sat um, in your house wearing your full Creeps um, outfit, eating your Creeps chocolate bar, watching Creeps on TV, and you finish the the episode and you play the Creeps game. You know. Into other uh, pieces of IP and, you know, that's the overlord universe for you. You know, we have a huge ambition here within the, uh, within the company to become a global player in, in the, in the entertainment and gaming space. And we now have the partner network to be able to do that. You know, over the next 12 months, you'll see some of the biggest moves any brand in web three, um, especially in our category make, because, you know, it, we've been spending the last six to 12 months building it and, you know whether it is animated series or other media, whether it is fashion and merchandise, whether it is games, you know these are non-trivial um, verticals in themselves. and there's gonna be a inflection point here where you know the broader market suddenly wakes up to what's been built because we've been a sleeping giant. you know we've been a sleeping giant for a while and that's because these ambitions are non-trivial to build. They take a long time. there's a lot of partners involved. there's a lot of like, yeah, I guess, like fundamental questions we're trying to ask ourselves, like why is this needed? How do we win? What? How do we tackle these multi-billion dollar industries? And over the next 12 months, you'll see a lot of that roll out. So, I, you know, 12 months ago, I was very excited about the journey we we're going on. I'm now at a point where I don't need to be excited because what we're going to deliver will help, it will drive that excitement for, for everyone else. So it's become a lot bigger than just Dom and I. And that's a very... Fun place to be. It's also kind of terrifying because you be kind of you kind of become irrelevant um, as as founders because the brand now has so much momentum and so much activity that you know it, it, it's really inevitable that this is this is going to happen.
0: Uh, maybe I should ask Dom this since uh, he, he's the alpha leaker here. But uh, I just heard Joe mention some food items. Uh, is, is that something that's currently in the works that you guys have been? Yeah you know, talking about licensing out or getting, you know, consumer products involved. Is that in the works? Or is that just kind of a down the road thing?
1: Yeah. Consumer products are, are, are really interesting. Um, interesting. If you, if you look at um, big, big brands, um, what, what? how do we Google that chart, Joe? We Google, the we guess Google like revenue streams for big brands. And you see that merchandising tends to be like 50% or above, um, the amount of total revenue they create. People just love products, um, physical products and merchandising at a really, really sort of incredible level. Um, so it's something we haven't done really anything of in the past year. You know, we've very much stuck to digital. Um, you know, we are technical as founders and obviously, you know, every, everything that, that, you know, NFTs are is online. However, you know, whether it's, you know, bringing out an Overlord Lego kit or an Overlord chocolate bar, whatever it is, you know, we've got our entertainment uh, management co. who are basically linking us with, um, you know, different consumer companies um, that want to license our IP for various different contexts. Um, and it's something we're really interested and excited to to dig into more over the next year.
0: Awesome! You said Lego, and I got excited. My my kids love Legos. They probably need an Overlord Lego kit. Let's let's be honest <laughs> yeah. here, right? They they got to make some Christmas lists some birthday list, and. You know, who who wouldn't want that? Uh, wouldn't want? <laughs> you, you mentioned the, the management company. We, we got to get into that, right? So 360, um, they're leaders in the entertainment space. They rep people like Will Smith, Calvin Harris, and a lot of people that we all have heard of and know. Talk a little bit about, you know, why the management is so important. And like you said, how it's helping you connect to some of these other big companies in different spaces.
1: Yeah, the reason it's so important is... You know, these management companies, they live and die by growing the IP they represent. Um, and, you know, the, the advantages they have is they can open any door in the world that we need opened. Um, you know, as a, as a, you know, small company, you know, let alone even a big company, you know, take Lego as an example, knocking down the doors of, um, you know, the decision makers in Lego or getting that like license deal done is unbelievably difficult. Um, if not impossible, um, and so they really help on you know strategy there, structuring, linking to network, you know managing the re- managing the the deal making relationship afterwards. Um, so it's, it's been really invaluable for us, and you know I, I don't think we would have got to to where we are without that. Um, so we you know we're very grateful for the help they've given.
0: Awesome, and then we're we're hearing a little bit about merch here. Um, I want to talk about the, the fashion brand here, right? West Brand Labs uh, that you're working with. Uh, what can you tell us about, you know, the doors that that's opening, the potential partnerships, the potential collaborations? Uh, why is that so exciting for Creeps and, and Overlord as you guys look to get into the merch game more?
2: Yeah, the, the West Brand Lab team are probably one of the most experienced Teams from a pedigree perspective in fashion right now, you know whether it's the VP, ex-VP of product at Nike or the ex-CMO of uh, Levi's, you know they are a consortium of people who fundamentally understand craft and product and you know building um, sort of physical retail experiences to amaze and to, to really drive the space forward. You know they came to us about a year ago now, and their idea to us and their pitch to us was. You know, we want Creeps and the Overlord fashion brand to be in every major retailer in every city. And we almost laughed and we we're like, this is, you know, sure, this isn't going to happen, guys. You know, how do you intend to do this? And they basically rolled out a blueprint, which, which showed two things. One, how they've done it before. And they've worked with brands like, you know, like Disney to take IP and do that journey. They've worked with, you know, groups like LVMH on a kind of high fashion level. And then they showed us a blueprint of how they can do it with our, our brand and you know when you look at um the significance of something like fashion um what you start to realize is that like it's the first time where the stories these characters, this ip transcend from a digital realm into the physical realm and it's like it's tangible you can touch it you can wear it you can you know it's a it's a you become a kind of walk, walking poster and billboard for the values that we all have in a digital sense from a community perspective and you know what we're creating here today and we've, we've said it from the get-go like we could probably have you know launched this a year ago we could have put our t logo on a t-shirt and we could have sold you know hundreds or tens of thousands of t-shirts by now like we're not doing this because we think it's you know a, a great revenue stream we're doing this because we believe it actually can be one of the leading streetwear and Um, IP-driven merchandising brands in the world and we now have a partner to be able to do that. So, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff in development here. You know, we've designed multiple collections across multiple seasons. We have early, well, I I can't say this. Um, We have different partners in the works for certain things like partnerships or like um, stocking the brand in in different places. I'm trying to be very careful. Um, But the, the cool goal here is, you know, we want to get this this brand and these fashion items um, in the hands of as many people as possible. And it, yeah.
0: It, it sounds like you guys are going to have to come back in a couple of weeks too, after we get all these announcements, because like my curiosity has peaked. I know the chat as well, because you guys are being very careful again, shout out to you guys, because you're not like getting in trouble or, you know, making any of these partners upset, but we're getting just enough to hear about, you know, how exciting, the future is here for overlord uh before before we run out of time here i got to also get to uh, the overlord token so what is the role of the token within the overlord ecosystem
1: yeah to your previous point we'd love to come back and actually be able to talk and dig into these yes. various things let's go Nine months ago, the community know I just I leaked alpha the whole time because we were the only owners of the alpha. You know, now we've got a legal contract with different partners. I would be murdered um, <laughs> if I leaked, but would love to come back and actually talk about these things because that's so exciting. You know, when we have products, we are have to bring them on and show them and, and you know, explain them properly. Um, but yeah, the token, you know, the token is a, a very um, key thing that we're going to launch over the next year. Um, you know, it's it's the ecosystem currency. It's what's going to thread all of the different um, verticals together. It's going to be the currency, not just in the one game, but all the games that come out moving forward. It's going to be the currency used within the sort of um, ownership and UGC mechanics and then the animation It's going to be used on the products. And, you know, ultimately it's going to accrue a lot of the value of the ecosystem to that token. Um, you know, we're currently fundraising, um, which is an exhausting process for anyone who's done it before. Um, you know, it's back-to-back calls with sort of top VCs in the world and, and you know, um, getting all sorts of very hyper-technical questions asked at you the whole time. Um, but, you know, th- what's great about the coin is that you have know, mutual incentive, not just the community, the development partners, us, but it's also the venture capital firms. You know, I think um, uh, there's, there's this, like, slight allergy to VC within NFTs um because they think they're here to sort of scrape money off the off the off the market um but when they invest in the token they want the token to go up and how do we make the token go up by the brands and the verticals being successful and there's all sorts of like value accrual mechanics and burn mechanics and things agreed upon before that to make that happen and you know i I guess the final piece of this is what does this mean to the creeps holders and the genesis holders you know they are the co-creators they're the co-owners um you know, we aren't just going to, you know, airdrop this in one go like Ape did because I think that sort of um, backfired a little bit in terms of like long-term price, but we are going to position creeps holders more as investors. Um, And, you know, we're going to take them along the journey and and sort of give them token in the same sort of cadence that these investors get. And so they're really going to sit alongside us on the cap table, um, inside alongside us, the VCs, the partners, and the community. So it's really great to bring them into that in a more formal way um, and talk to them in in a, you know, I guess, you know, talk to talk to the holders of are invest, you know, sophisticated investors in that sense.
0: Any timeline on, you know, the the token mechanics and when uh, we will hear more on that, will that be within the next couple of weeks alongside everything else or is this further out?
1: Yeah, this won't be the next couple of weeks, but it'll definitely be within, you know, we want to get a white paper out suddenly, um, you know, this half of the year, um, whether it's end of Q1 or beginning of Q2, um, you know, I guess process for a bit of like transparency is, you know we build a white paper we fundraise we collaborate with with funding partners on a white paper that you know we can go public with and that's the thing that we'll go public with so that you know people can get the alpha and why they want to buy into the ecosystem and what value they think they can expect moving forward
0: awesome so i mean a, a ton of exciting things here uh you know we touched on gaming we touched on entertainment we touched on uh branding we touched on merch we, we got into the token Let's just kind of circle back the 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 overlying IP, right? You're building this IP universe uh, that you plan on having it rival Marvel. So, you know, I got to ask, you know, Marvel is one of those biggest brands out there. You know, what's the what's the biggest reason why you think that you guys can compete and get to that level, you know, in a short time here?
1: Yeah, you know, it, it's it's a big goal and it's a big ambition. And, you know, the next Marvel won't look like Marvel. I think it's probably the first thing to say, you know, that we develop very differently, especially when you're building on chain and there's sort of co-ownership and UGC models baked in. Um, but, um, you know, you're seeing transmedia um, as an interesting strategy, um, you know, legacy games like Pokemon have been doing this for years, right? They have gaming at the core of the ecosystem, then they have anime series, merchandise, digital experiences. You have more legacy brands like Super Mario, they're just releasing their movie. Um, And you see a lot of advantages, like synergistic advantages to to kind of having a stack level of different verticals. Um, A great great sort of example of that, which is more recent is Cyberpunk. you know, cyberpunk was a uh, pc uh, not pc game it was a, a console game it was really really hyped when it dropped it just didn't hit expectations and it kind of slumped in, in sort of sales and user numbers um two years later they released their animated series on netflix which is which sort of got a bit of a hit and it just funneled millions upon millions of new users back in that game and you know i guess um made it a success that it, it, it wanted to be um and so you know using that transmedia strategy mixed with the co-ownership models that blockchain gives you, I think gives us a really exciting advantage to to grow strategically and grow much faster um, than brands of 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 you know of of older generations. you know, Disney's been around for what like a uh, hundred years, I think um almost if not exactly. um you know they had to grow very, very slowly. and the reason they grow slowly is because the infrastructure they have to release um, and the building mechanics um, weren't you know up to scratch. you know it was just sort of. DVDs, or not even DVDs, like back then it was what, like sort of cartoons streamed through through a sort of very old TV. But now we have this new technology and these new verticals that we can use to advantage. Um, So we're really excited about this. And I think, um, you know, there hasn't been a single case study yet for doing this successfully. And so, you know, we're really hyper-focused on becoming that big case study. You know, I think there's an opportunity in time here to become the first big mega brand of this platform shift that, you know, has this kind of mainstream multi-vertical transmedia success. And um, yeah, as, as a team and investors and, and you know, partners, that's what, that's what we're kind of heads down working towards. Gaming's definitely the
2: way to do it as well. You know, Pokemon is the biggest entertainment brand in the world. You forget, that like, it's a game brand. At the core, it has 131 games across multiple platforms. And, you know... Gaming is a great space to do that because there's incredible amounts of fandom and daily active use. You know, there is nothing more, uh, there's nothing stronger than playing a character in a game because you, you personify that character as yourself. You know, you are playing that character. You, it, it becomes a part of your digital identity. You build friendships and, and community online. And yet, you know, there's almost kind of a emotional um, sort of accrual of value which leads to the kind of mounting loss if you were to leave that 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 um, context. So, you know, we're really excited about using gaming as the as the kind of Trojan into entertainment because it is a case study that is just fundamentally the most successful, and we believe that actually the next Marvel will come out of the um, of a gaming brand.
0: I, before we go, I want to talk a little bit about community. Right, we started off the show by saying, "Look at this chat. The community, you know, is here. They show up." They're they're watching you guys talk. They're listening to you. They're active in the Discord. Uh, What do you guys have to say for just, like, the loyal people who got engaged, they saw creeps, they started with creeps, and now they believe in the Overlord ecosystem? Is that kind of what drives you guys to, you know, keep going to this ultimate finish line and hit that goal of being Marvel?
1: Yeah, it definitely does. You know, I guess you know, you said, you said they're believers in the brand and the ecosystem and in a very real tangible way, you know, they have been in the past and they will be moving forward. They are co-creators of it. Um, You know, it's, it's really the the core of how we're building out the brand. And, you know, Joe, I think mentioned on early on in the call, you know, 10,000 minds is better than, you know, 30 that we have in the office. And, you know, without, without that kind of like you know, network of, of, you know, creative juices, like pumped into the brand, it wouldn't be where it is and it wouldn't, it won't become what it wants to be. Um, but, you know, moreover, I mean, you can see they are passionate, they are creative, they are funny. Um, they've all clearly got a crush on Alyssa as well. Um, but, um, you know, we, you know, we're we're very grateful for everything that they do. And, and, you know, no matter the bull market, the bear market, you know, that discord 24 seven is crazy um, they're chatting there, you know, not just about creeps, they're talking about their wives and their problems and their work and, and this and TV shows and politics, you know, they really are friends. Um, and so it's really lovely to see, and it's really lovely to be a part of.
0: Joe, same question for you. Just speak a little bit on the the community and believing in you guys and your vision here.
2: Yeah. Great question. Um, you know, when you say, is that what drives us? I mean, certainly at times they drive us to do things faster um (laughs) as you can imagine here um but really it's it's you know it goes back to what i was saying at the the beginning here like we got into this space because we we were craving an environment where we could build collaboratively with people we were craving an environment we could get direct feedback and we found it and you know we built through transparency and trust and and openness and we you know, we put our hands up when we make mistakes, but fundamentally we build alongside people and we're in the trenches day in, day out because we genuinely do care about building something where we all win. And I think it's, it, we feel like one sort of big disjointed family at times. And it's an amazing superpower because, you know, there's no other context in the world where you can have 5,000 people help you make one single decision. And I just think, whether it's, you know, in gaming or whether it's in fashion or whether it's in broader entertainment, the IP that we're creating today, the stories that we're creating today, today together, you know, all the, the sort of nuances that create the culture and the fabric of the brand, when these things that we're creating on a micro level together are on the biggest stage watched by tens of millions of people developed with by the biggest partners, you know, it's going to be a really, really important moment for us to, to kind of... Um, to recognize that the the like just how powerful that was that um, that what we're creating today together can actually end up in that context so you know that's why we do this thing it's because actually we believe that together as 5000 we can create something that is you know more important and more powerful that's than is being created alone by by some of the web2 brands so yeah it's it's very fun like i said you know, we certainly have fun with everyone. We're in here pretty much every day. We're doing Christmas quizzes on Christmas Day. You know, we're getting wish happy birthday. It, it feels like a family and I think it's very special. So, um, and then every day, you know, the support and, and camaraderie is is unrivaled. So we're very grateful.
0: Well, it makes me sad to say this, but last question for, for today, at least, before we have you guys come back. Uh, we We talked a ton, right, about gaming. About merch, about uh, a TV show, about the token. If you could sum it up and pick one thing, I know that's tough, but Dom, we'll start with you. What are you most excited about for Overlord in 2023?
1: I'm most excited about the gaming. Um, You know, I'm a gamer, I enjoy gaming. I game a lot less than I used to because this is an all encompassing company to build. Um, But, you know, starting with these. Two D characters that were minted 13 months ago, and seeing them like walking around in these environments and shooting things and slashing things and um, you know winning conquests, it, there's like a there's a there's a different feeling about it. Um, um, you know, I think I just think it's super fun and it's it's immersive. You know, and that's what we want to do here is as like you know owners of this IP, we wanna, you want you want to immerse yourself in that world. So so yeah, definitely gaming.
0: And Joe, same question for you. What are you most excited about for 2023 for Overlord?
1: Beyond coming back on the show, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Beyond that, but you you can pick that as an answer.
2: Um, yeah. I, look, I think um, I touched on it at the beginning here, which is you launch as a public company. You know, I kept my background. I you know I was helping companies go public, and there's almost like a two year process of mentally preparing the community and the team of what it feels like to be a public company, and that's a really hard emotional journey to go on. In Web three, you're born and then you're public, and it almost feels like everything you do is on a very, well, it is, it's on a very public open stage, but it almost feels like the space stops innovating and it stops progressing because of that. People fear rejection. They fear failure. What Dom and I have done over the last 12 12 months is, you know, we've, we've gone and um, we've taken initial concepts, which was the creeps brand we've scaled up to overlord and we've got hyper aggressive on, you know, four core verticals, gaming, animation, um, products, and um, fashion and merchandising. And it almost feels, for a time, it could feel a little disparate. You know, you feel like you're building gaming over here and, and animation over here and media here. What we're most excited about, and certainly what, you know, the team obsesses over day in, day out, it's how do these these verticals work together? And how do you as a IP holder get benefit and value from owning the the underlying IP? And I think you know, everyone has their different strategy to do this. You know, Board Ape thinks about like you're a members club and they want to scale memberships. And, you know, the issue with scaling memberships are membership clubs because they're exclusive is that they don't scale. Like, look at Soho House. They, you know, they basically end up diluting the brand and everyone's like, "What? why is this not an exclusive members club? We, our goal from day one is to grow this to millions of millions of people. But we've got to do that in a way which is totally novel and new. So um what we're looking forward to over the next what i'm looking forward to the next 12 months is showing how we can hit tens of millions of people how we can have some of the biggest like um brands in their in their own uh, respective verticals and categories but how the value of each one um works in parallel with each other and how that comes back to holders so you know this is totally unknown for a large percentage of the market there's definitely a, a core user group here of, of Fanatics who see the see the vision and see where we're going, but once that becomes clear to the broader Web three market and broader Web two market, I really truly think we're going to be unstoppable. So um, that's what I'm most excited about. Is like you know at times we could feel like we're these crazy guys, be like, look at this, look at this, look at this plan. It's showing it all on a single blueprint, and everything suddenly making sense, and the puzzle pieces coming together, and that amazing picture that we've been painting um suddenly click into place and everyone go oh right yeah that was of course what you were building so it's very exciting to to I guess from our perspective objectively looking in to know what what we're building and why that's going to be so powerful for everyone
0: love it well we are out of time we're actually past time because uh it, it's hard to contain this when uh, we're having so much fun but <laughs> Dom, Joe, uh, again, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedules, joining us on the roadmap. And like I said, you guys are more than welcome to come back on. We definitely want to talk about some of these news items as they happen.
1: Oh, amazing. Um, thanks for having us. Um, it was a pleasure, as always. Um, I can't wait to do it again. Thank you. Thank you. And likewise, I hope we didn't da-
2: cause any damage to your, to your computer <laughs> uh, this time. So, um, it
1: happens.
0: <laughs>
2: But I'm sure the Creeds community would love to see you both in, in the Discord and, and have you as a, as a cool member. So thank you, guys. This has been super fun.
0: Thank you, guys. Thank Take you. care. Cheers. All right. Well, what a fun show. Again, shout out to the Overlord community for joining us today on the Roadmap. Alyssa, uh, they, they love you in this chat. What else can I say? yeah
1: you know I had full intention of asking some questions, but I kept getting distracted by the chat, distracted so I, you were yes.
0: smirking and smiling the whole time the whole we, we time all saw it. plus your computer <laughs> was... crashed a couple times, so that makes yeah, it hard to it. to ask questions but yeah, oh well, it happened <laughs> well i I can't wait to have them back on the show, right like this this was second time, and now that we've got more and more updates coming like this is going to be fun to have them back on. So, uh, and I know the chat will uh, come back, right? Everyone out there, you guys will come back if we have them back on, right? Yeah, please come back. <laughs> All right. Well, if you're new here, the roadmap airs Tuesdays and Thursdays, 2 p.m. Eastern time. We cover the NFT sector. We have interviews with founders, as you can see from today's episode. Go ahead and smash the like if you have not done so and subscribe to Benzinga's YouTube channel. But that is it for us today. Stay tuned for more great Benzinga content coming up right here on YouTube. And we will catch everyone Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern time. Take care, everyone, and stay safe out there. Bye.